the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God always reduces it down to a minuscule number to win a war. I've already told you he can win with many or with few. It wasn't the number here. It was the disposition of the heart. It's been said of American Christianity that we are a mile wide and an inch deep. We've got the masses, but amongst them, very few, in reality, serving Christ. We see a bit of that here in the book of Judges. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Today, we continue our look at Gideon. We're in Judges chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. The message title is really quite telling. Too many for my glory. See, God seems to think there's way too many in Gideon's army. He wants to get the glory and not Gideon and the army. Let's catch up with Pastor Jessica Stan for today's broadcast of Way of Grace. You got to know how to count it all joy when you enter into diverse trials. You got to know that trials grow you up and mature you and they make you stable. And if you're not willing to go through trials, you're going to be a ship tossed to and fro on the waves without a rudder. Because that's really the metaphor here. So James lets you and I know you can be a person that appears to be there when the roll call is made, but in your heart, you're going yay and nay. And again, that's a faith that's not grounded and mature. Am I making some sense? Right. And, and every one of us knows some of that. Don't we know some of that? Depending on the pressure and the position that comes at you in a trial, you feel that sense of ambivalence, right? You feel that sense of ambivalence where you really don't, you, Lord, don't give me this trial. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Lord, I don't want that one. No, Lord. No, Lord. And you know you really need to go through it, but you don't want to. Now, God has delivered you every time, but here we go again. I ain't going to even pray for it. Now, that's called being tossed to and fro. And I'm so glad I got a room, room full of people that like to be honest about the truth, because in many communities, you can't talk this frank. Self-righteousness blinds a lot of people. I'm getting ready to deal with that here in our last point that I'm going to develop as a closing discourse. Go with me now to our, su- our third subpoint. Our third subpoint, after dealing with subordinate reluctance, uh, is separated and sent back because of what? Separated. And sent back because of fear. That's exactly what God said, right? He says, everyone that is fearful and afraid, go home. (laughs) Those BART trains were full. Weren't they full? (laughs) Just like in our Middle Eastern uh, uh, countries, when the the bus is on the street, they got people hanging on the outside of the bus, on the top of the bus, right? They suitcase. I'm going home. This is a tragic story. 
This is a tragic story. I know we like to laugh, but we're going to have to cry here a little bit. This is a tragic story. And what it implicates once again is how shallow we are in the cause of God and truth. It's a tragic story when God can just give you an out and you go. And you fail to understand what's before you. Now, I'm going to drill down into this one term that God uses, phobos. That's the term in the Greek, fear. We're going to get at that toward the end of our discourse. But there's some things that we can learn here because they went back because of fear. They came, but they weren't committed. Is that true? They were curious, but they were not committed. God knew that. The call to die was not resolved in them. When you're talking about going to war, you have to resolve, are you willing to die? So listen, just in case you don't know it, the gospel not only produces an expression of love called the divine love of God in Christ for us. Greater love hath no man than this, that he lays down his life for his friend. It is that love that redeemed all of his people from eternity in time for eternity with God. Is that true? For God so loved us that he resolved to fight a war for which the only way of victory would be death. This is such a simple what we call substratum truth of the gospel to easily communicate. Why did God save me? Because he loved me in Christ. How did God save me? Because Christ loved me for the Father's sake. Why am I saved? By the grace of God through faith in Christ because he loved me enough to die for my sins. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and gave his son as a propitiation for our sins. That's called love. And then guess what he says to us? Except you take up your cross and follow me, and forsake everything, even your own self, you're not worthy to be my disciples. In other words, you know what he's saying? Love me back. A love like that is worthy of loving back, isn't it? But see where we are? The issue is always love, because faith only works by. So where there's no love, the faith is diminished, isn't it? So it can really be said here, because I want to talk about faith and fear and love and fear as our closing proposition, show you something relevant to where we are today. When my faith is diminished, my fear is expanded. When my faith is diminished, my fear is expanded. Fear is ubiquitous. It's multifaceted. It has tenets in almost everything that has to do with your life. Come on, child of God. Am I telling the truth? It's ubiquitous. Like every choice you make has an estimation around confidence or fear. Please get that. And where your faith is not informing your choice, fear will rush in quickly and tell you, oh, this, that, the other thing. But be careful. Don't. All the time. It's so very important for you and I to get it. And you guys already know the rule. God did not give us the spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and a sound mind. So now I'm wrestling again because I know this fear thing that's been with me since I was born. My heavenly father didn't give that to me. Why you keep hanging out with me? Because in the equilibrium of the maturity of my faith, when my faith diminishes in any given subject matter, fear is there driving unbelief. Fear is driving unbelief. When my faith is diminished to the point where it cannot embrace the promises of God to overcome the obstacles in front of me. Right? Well, do you guys know this? I got about 25 more minutes. Do you know this? That these men are not there blindly. They, 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 they heard of Gideon's struggle in the wine press. Remember, as he was treading out the corn. They heard of it because Gideon had to tell them, you don't get 32 men hearing a trumpet blow and then come to Gideon and just kind of say, all right, Gideon, what are we going to do, man? What are we going to do? No, Gideon had to recount how he struggled and how God revealed himself to him in the separating of the chaff from the wheat in the revelation of the law in the coming of Christ by the angel of the Lord in the promise that Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor in the promise the Lord is with you in the promise you will destroy the Midianites as one man. They had to hear all that. They had to hear Gideon say, and what's more, the Lord affirmed that when I asked him to pour the dew on the wool and then on the ground, the Lord came through mightily. Those men were as the people in the Gospels who watched how God took Christ and approved Christ as the God man by everything Christ did. And it drew them to him. Anybody listening to me? And they all came like the people came. And they all came with different motives. In John's gospel, chapter 63 through 68, Jesus squashes them when he tells them, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, commitment. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, commitment. Except you embarrass yourself, set aside your arrogance, your dignity and pride and eat my flesh and drink my blood as your very life. That's a decision to die. Does you understand that's going to offend people? Are you that committed to God that you feed on him as your very life? See what I'm getting at? You see the, you see the battle here, say, do you know on that day Jesus had a big separation too? He had a big separation, did he not? See, God comes to separate. And then finally, what our master did in that county, he said, fellas, you want to go? And the disciples struggled, didn't they? One had already left, even though he was there physically in his body. His name was Judas Iscariot, because Judas came to the warfare for the wrong reason, too. Am I making some sense? Yes, very important. Very, very important to understand this. So when we're talking about separated and sent back because of fear, I'm, I'm thinking about the tragedy. What, what institution is under the greatest assault today. The family. The family. See, the enemy has, you know how we're told to know the wiles of the devil, to know his strategy? The enemy knows God's strategies. He knows God's chief organizing principles. The enemy knows God's word. The enemy knows the gospel. The enemy knows God's structure, hierarchical structure for governance in this world, does he not? The enemy knows that God 
made Christ. And Christ is the head of the man. And the man is the head of the woman. And in that hierarchical structure of God and Christ and man and woman, God set up the family as that essential expression of the will of God for the perpetuity of his glory through the children. Anybody with me? Because I'm going to stay right here until you get it. God's intention was always to spread the gospel via the family. So long as the family operated out of the hierarchical principle of God and Christ and man and woman. So what does the devil do? Immediately go after the woman to completely dislodge the relationship between the man and the woman. And so mess up the seed that the moment she has two kids, the child of the devil wants to kill the child of God. This is stopping the seed from propagating. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? I'm not talking at the beginning of creation. I'm talking the 21st century, 2022 right now. I'm talking what he's doing right now and demolishing families. Am I making some sense? You and I are products of it. So now think about this as we get ready to go on, how tragic it is for 32,000 men to hear the trumpet call of the gospel, to go to war for the glory of God. And all these men, they, they prepare, they pack their lunches, they pack their bags, they get on their donkeys, they walk, they hug their wives, they kiss their children. I'm off to war. And a week later, they come back home. How tragic. How tragic. What do you mean, Pastor. The husband's coming back home is an indication that that family will not experience liberation. They're not liberated. They're in bondage to the Midianites. They're suffering famine. They're operating out of fear. They're operating out of faithlessness. Are y'all hearing me? Home is not well. Christ is not present. The gospel's not preached. The children are not learning Bible verses. The children are not learning who Yahweh is. Deuteronomy 7 had already said it. If you marry their wives, they're going to take your sons and take your daughters and turn them into slaves. Read it for yourself. And I will be against you, saith the Lord, because your children are my children. You don't get to do with your children whatever you want to do. All the fruit of the womb is the Lord's. Can I teach today? That husband comes back home and the godly wife is weeping and crying because she knows her man is not committed to the glory of God. And the family now has to continue in carnality and worldliness and materialism. And Facebook and Twitter and social media and all the transformative components that are destroying our children right now. Am I making some sense? Sad day when you see 20, 22,000 troops go back home because God said, I know you're fearful. That's where we are in our generation. Now, see, you can take this analogy and draw it out of the text and make application to the areas in which I told you last week. We all have some kind of battle line to draw. 
We all have some kind of position to hold. We all got some kind of post to protect. Do y'all know that? I'm talking men, women, children, the whole shebang. We all have a calling. And because we don't recognize it, because we don't see it, because we've been blinded by the enemy, we are scattered on the mountainside like sheep without a shepherd. Told you it was going to hurt a little bit. So a godly woman is grieving that her husband has not stood up to the opposition of Baal Peor. Right? Because you see, it's either Jehovah or Baal. It's either Jehovah or Baal. So now that he's back home, it's Baal. Remember the God of the opening. Every wicked thing, every perverse thing. Some of y'all saw a little bit of the emblem of it on Friday night, didn't you? With their open, blatant, wanting to go to hell while they worship Baal and the bull. That's where we are today. There's nothing new. That's why I love God's word, because you know what? God's word is not a myth. It's telling us just like it is, even telling us the gods that are, that are taking on new names, but have all the same imagery and doctrinal and ideological constructs. Nothing new. This is the battle that you and I are fighting so under that uh, third point, the fear has driven two thirds of the men to go back home to set their homes back into bondage. They don't have the joy of Romans fourteen seventeen. Do you know what that is? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You find very few of those homes, even in the Christian church, because of Bel Peor. You find very few of those homes, even in the Christian church, because of Bill Peor, because the men are not ready to fight. Because see, the battle starts with the men. See, only today are we dragging women and throwing them in the war. And there's going to be something I'm going to talk about here in a minute. So I got, still got 15 minutes with you. You don't drag women and throw them in the war unless you don't believe there's a constitutional, biological, theological difference between men and women. You throw them in the war when it's all the same, when you don't believe God. Am I making some sense? Right. And then you throw children in the war when you don't believe in the Imago Dei and children. That's why we slaughter them in abortion and stick needles in them and make them sick so that they don't grow up in the vitality of the organic, ordained potency of being men and women that replicate God's glory in the world. We want to give them up to hell. Because our, our, our chief organizing principles are lost. We don't walk in any kind of hierarchical structure as to know what parameters we are to walk in. We just are just, like I said, like a ship without a rudder. It's really true. It's really true. And so, to even make this worse, for some of them, they were happy that the men had come back. Because now they could continue on in their carnality. The ungodly woman that loves the world. Woo, I'm glad my man back because I didn't want to go out there and, and, and try to hustle and make a dollar out of 15 cents. Let him go to work. I'm too busy worshiping Bill. Glad he's back. Am I making some sense? Glad he's back. And now what about the children? Children as confused as can be. Confused. Like today, confused as can be. Whoa, what, what? A war? What? A war against our God, meaning Baal Peor, 
a war against the God we are used to bowing down to in the famine and in the fear and in the faithlessness and in the carnality and in to every perverse thing that we've been used to as a little kid, that God, somebody's warring against him. I'm confused. I thought Baal was the only God. I thought Jesus was a myth. I thought the true and the living God was a host. You're telling me there are people who are standing up for the glory of God and daddy's now being called to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus. Anybody hearing me? Mama, I'm confused. What, we getting ready to start going to church again? <laughs> what you doing, dusting off the Bible? Don't do that. And the ungodly woman, is, she was upset with him when he left because she had no heart to the things of God. It was foolishness to her. What you doing? See, that's what happened to Pilgrim when he initially left home. His family did not get it. His family did not get it, did they? Everybody was dogging Pilgrim as he left till they smelt the fire for themselves. Then they started running. So these are the implications being drawn out. And we could go further, but I do want to close out so you guys can get some lunch. Let's go to point number three. Many things to be said. The parsing of the sincere but unprepared. So we've dealt with the position for war, which was right. We've looked at the sober selection process of the people being called for the war that were not ready. Now, finally, let's deal with the parsing of the sincere, but what? So here's what God says over here. Notice what he says in verse four. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water and I will do what? And I will do what? Try them. He's he getting ready to test them. Now, let me help you if you don't know your theology well. God isn't ignorant. He's not trying to find out something. Those are pagan gods. When God's trying you, it's him exposing what's in you. Do you guys understand that? Now, he's exposing what's in them for Gideon's good because God has already chosen to only have so many people roll with him. And I'm going to explain that too. I need to hurry up and get through this so I can explain two major things in closing. But God knows how many men he needs to fight this battle, doesn't he? In fact, let's take the need off and put the word won't. Because Jonathan said it in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6, whether there be few or many, God can win the battle. He doesn't need anybody. He's not a politician. He's not a patronizer. God doesn't modify and bend his law to get you to vote for him. He's not an egalitarian. He's not a postmodern, mythical, uh, desperate con artist. No, that's not the God we serve. No, he's already president. And you didn't choose him. And so the text lays it out like this as we go. In verse 7, he says, that I might try them there, and it shall be that whom I shall say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with you. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with you, the same shall not go. Is that pretty simple or what? So, so here's what God says. No, this is, this is kind of like uh, narrative language, narrative prose. It's, it it kind of reiterates terminology. God is saying the ones that I don't want to go, they're not going. The ones that I do want to go, those are the ones that are going with us, Gideon, flat out like that. 
Right. So he doesn't tell Gideon what the process is, what the methodology is, what the uh, discovery is. We're getting ready to see it now. This is for you and me. Are you ready? Right. So the points can be very clear. Notice what it says in verses five and following. So, so he brought down the people unto the water and the Lord said unto Gideon, everyone that laugheth of the water with his tongue as a dog laugheth, him shall you set by himself. Are we in separation mode again? Him shall you set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees. So there's a separation of the camp. We've been doing separation for weeks, haven't we? Because that's the nature of the gospel. That's the doctrine of election. It's separating the wheat from the chaff. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write, 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.